0: Welcome back to the Global Gamers Podcast. We are back for another episode, and this is going to be an extra special one for a couple of reasons.
1: This one one was so nice, we did it twice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so the reason we didn't have an episode last week was because we had this one recorded, or so we thought, but turns out that uh, once everything came through super crisp and everything was looking good, that... Ryan's audio for some reason didn't record, so it was just me talking to myself with very long, multiple minutes long pauses (laughs) in between. Um, But this hopefully is working great, and it It seems to be you know coming yeah coming back strong after a little uh
1: little hiccup there, which is
0: nice. And I think we've also kind of cracked the code of getting the audio quality really nice and crisp now. So you know, we're just learning new things over time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the yeah, episode in add, particular that you that's... can add
1: audio engineer to your uh to your LinkedIn at this point, I huh.
0: think. Maybe, we'll see. I think we might need a few episodes um of evidence first. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this uh the other reason this episode is extra special is because um you actually came up with this and it was a really cool discussion topic for us to do. And I'm ex- actually excited we get to cover it again because yeah. we tried it good ra- good ground the first time and it was fun, but who knows like which way the conversation will go this time, what new things we'll think of. So give the audience a pitch of what we're going to be talking about today.
1: So the basic idea here is so many of our other episodes are, have focused on finding new games or like you know judging new games and in this episode we basically wanted to mm, pull back the curtains not quite the right phrase but like we wanted to emphasize just the community aspect of board gaming like because at the end of the day the nuts and bolts of the rules of specific games aside like the underlying purpose of it is to have a good time with friends and make new friends and, like... And memories. And memories, exactly. And so the the individual game sometimes isn't first and foremost. And so basically in this episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about how to host a game night well. How to make people feel comfortable and how to make people have hopefully have a good experience. So they want to do it again, whether they're someone who's, you know, a seasoned board gamer who like is playing, you know, every week or every other week or somebody who's new to the hobby, but like really enthusiastic about learning more.
0: Yeah. And I think that's pretty key too, that like, part of i think what we'll cover a lot in this episode is um that hosting a successful game night there's a lot of back and forth in terms of like etiquette and best practices and you know good social and emotional intelligence and for sure um paying attention to different things and just as much as like you might you might think at first glance that like this is targeted more toward like people who are trying to you know get into gaming and figure out how to have a successful game night but just as much this is for people who host game nights and for people who want to you know also be respectful of the people who are hosting game nights yeah because just as much as you can have a first-time person come in and be like oh my god that was a terrible experience i never want to go to so-and-so's game night ever again you can also have a host who might think wow i just invited my friends over to play this game i love but at the end of the night i was so happy when everyone left and i don't ever want those people touching my game again
1: oh so it works. it works both ways yeah, it you know? does and yeah by, and by the same token like you know there will be times like i think you're very gifted at introducing people to new games and especially fairly complex ones and so thank you thank you i think <laughs> i like, think that the, that's the, part the, the the law side of the other school training yeah yeah the, the other <laughs> side of the coin works too where it's like you know sometimes I've definitely have thought of times where we were doing a game night. I was like maybe a little tired and was like, just like not feeling a new game. And then you explained it very very clearly. And once we were into it, I was so glad we did it. But like it it took, it took some of these mm, techniques is too, I think is too like procedural sounding of a word, but just these like, Yeah, nice touches to help, like, I don't know, various forms of, like, almost social lubrication to, like, make things run smoothly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, before we jump too far ahead, because I think that is going to touch on um, one of our big discussion points, the way that we want to lay out this episode to kind of strike a balance between having it structured but also a bit free and loose is we're each going to kind of focus on three elements of hosting a successful game night that we each thought of yeah and so we're each going to offer those up kind of explain what we mean and then you know maybe we'll agree maybe we'll disagree give a little pushback see where it leads and then move on to the next one yeah um so without further ado let's kick it off so i think your first one um would be a good place to start because you just kind of touched on it already
1: sure No, that sounds good. And yeah, just to give a quick overarching big picture look at what I have in mind here. I mean, I kind of started the process thinking about like the kinds of stuff you need to do in preparation before people show up. And then shifted more into things that go on during the actual game night in my second and third one. But for the first one to lead it off, the main idea is just... Be thoughtful in what games you're picking. Curate the games really deliberately. And I think a few things go into this. Um, On the one hand, like, this is, I mean, kind of a basic thing, but, like, just having an idea of how many people are coming is pretty important and it seems like it and it's a little bit of a delicate balance sometimes I think because you, you want to be welcoming you want to include people that want to be there at the same time like most games I feel like it's hard unless you're talking like party games most games I feel like are maxing out at 5 maybe 6 players I'd say more often
0: four or five players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Four or five usually. And, and even when there are those games with four or five, like the experience of playing it with five can be very different from playing it with two or three. And sometimes like depending on how well it's scaled, it's mm-hmm. maybe feels a little bit more it's a kind of roar really or yeah. yeah, like certain games at higher player counts, they take longer and it's just not as seamless and of an experience. So yeah. Right. First thing is, you know, having a sense of how many people are going to be there. And then also having a sense of like, what sorts of folks are coming? Like, do you have people that are, you know, learning a new game every month or couple months and are pretty familiar with like learning new board games, even fairly complex ones that might take an hour and a half, two hours to play. Or are you, is this a group of folks that are like enthusiastic about the hobby, but like, you know, have a couple like solid games under their belt, like maybe, you know, a game like Catan or maybe a game like mm,
0: I think Wingspan is a good Wingspan, one. Wingspan, kind of yeah. So I'm actually thinking about um one of our friends who her absolute favorite game is Wingspan. And there are some times that you know <laughs> she'll be she'll be coming over to play the game and she'll say straight up today's a Wingspan day. Like I'm coming to play with <laughs> then there are other times where it's like, guess what I have a new one to teach you
1: yeah And yeah. it's like
0: okay, both of those are fine, time and place, but just so make sure like you know for that kind of vibe that you lay that out ahead of, ahead of time because you don't yes. want someone to come over like you know, expecting one thing and getting something else and then right
1: exactly um yeah, no one kind of wins from that experience right but but I mean the and the reason I say that is just trying to match like the game to the folks that are coming so if you are if you have like four or five people coming over and maybe it's a mix where there's like two or three people that play games a ton and then maybe one or two people that like don't very much but are down to learn Mm -hmm. might might not be the time to pull out like you know, Arc Scythe. Nova or, <laughs> yeah. or like Diplomacy or one of these like very long, very intense games. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think yeah. like
0: a tactful way to handle this. And there's nothing wrong with this. I think that maybe this is on the host in terms of how you frame things. I think that if you say, if you text a group of like eight people and say, game night on Friday, right? You're setting that up that you have a game in mind that eight people can play and maybe even have to learn and that it's not super you know committed to how many people are ahead of time and you're right. relying on a specific number of people to show up right if you want to play arc nova then i think what you need to do is you need to text your one maybe two maximum three specific friends who Know what this is and say, hey,
1: <laughs> on Sunday,
0: do you want to play Arc Nova at three o'clock? Right. You know, and then that way, like, you have the numbers. Yeah. You know exactly who's playing. You make sure it's the right crowd and you give a start time so that, you know, you don't end up, Yeah, um, you know, stuck with some people stuck waiting for other people or like the whole thing could fall apart if one person right. doesn't show up. It's just, yeah.
1: Also bonus points. I mean, this isn't absolutely essential, but bonus points if you have this the game set up by the time people get there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, the other thing else, the other thing on this is, I think time. I mean, you alluded to this already. Three o'clock, like, but you know, it it, it it's the later it gets, for I think it's not uncommon for people do not want to learn a really complex game late yeah. at night it's i mean or even kind of like nonsense. i mean
0: last last night at like nine thirty, we you know three of us were thinking of starting a game and we all know everdell very well but i was just like no i'm not not in the mood tonight to start you know putting together everdell with all its component pieces at like nine forty five. right you know and that's that's fine that's fair so just like yeah you know, know the mood. And I think even maybe the way we title this episode as a game night centric approach is mm-hmm. maybe part of the problem. And the game maybe part outing. of
1: what
0: <laughs> Yeah, like culturally we need to start thinking of it as like you know, it doesn't always have to be a nighttime activity because yeah. by making it a nighttime activity, you may often be limiting. Um, your options
1: exactly make it a game if, you're, yeah
0: you're creating like more of a hard like a hard deadline on certain things right of when things have to end so maybe just think how to have a good game day a good game session yeah and work timing into that as well based on your crowd as well yeah Um, and then I feel like we're kind of transitioning into my first one
1: a little sure, bit sure the, the only last thing I wanted to say on this is that it's helpful to have a warm-up game sometimes if folks are getting there at disparate times just so you can mm-hmm. you have something to do if somebody's running late that isn't going to take a take a ton of time to wrap up once everyone is right there.
0: so i'm going to give a little bit of pushback on that but that's going to come in my first point and yeah, so go for it. my first my first point i've kind of phrased this two different ways um so the first way i'd kind of phrase it is paying attention the other way I like to think about it is respect the people. Yeah. Um, so what I mean by that is like, there are a lot of different ways that like, as with any social activity or scheduled activity, um, you as the host and you as the guests also want to make sure that you are being considerate of the other people who are participating in that activity with you. No doubt. And so this, this comes up in a lot of ways. And part of why I think I also phrase it as pay attention is that the biggest part of this, I think, has to do with rules in all their different ways of showing up. So as a host, it is your responsibility to know the rules of the game that you want to play or that you want other people to play or that you want other people to learn, especially. So I think that if you are... Going to have a game night, and especially this, this is even more so true with um, more complex games, gaming sessions. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's on you to come into that experience when everyone shows up already knowing how to play and like ready to explain to people. And as you said before, like ideally, maybe even having some of the things set up already, because what you don't want is everyone shows up on time you know, at 3 p.m. for your Arc Nova session. But then everyone is sitting there until 3.45, 4 o'clock, um, setting up things and sitting there checking their phones and chit-chatting while you sit and read a rule book in silence. Right. Like, that is just not a good use of anyone's time. And then, like, by the time the game gets up and going, you're already pre-exhausted and sick of sitting at this table looking at these pieces, yeah. you know? So, like, that's one way to I think pay attention and be mindful of time and respect the people. On the flip side of that, as the guest, you owe it to the host to do some other things in return. So the first one that I think that we've touched on is showing up on time. Um, because that host, you know, like the way I like to think of it, it's it's like a movie night. You know? The movie cannot start until everyone who's showing up shows up. Otherwise, everyone is going to have a lesser experience because when the late person shows up they've already missed part of the movie and you're going to have to pause the movie everyone's going to want to stop and say hi that's that's a diminished experience same thing goes with a game it's probably even worse with the game because you can't just the late person can't just hop in 15 minutes into the movie you know with a game that doesn't work so everyone's waiting for you and even if everyone else is already ready to go we now have to wait to like get the late person up to speed, give them all their pieces, um check in and say hi. And you know, it's just it's just really grinding everything to a halt. Yeah. And disrupts the whole plan. So I think one alternative to that you mentioned was like throwing in shorter games that you can play while waiting for someone to be late. Yeah, that that works sometimes, but you know, like that's At the same time, sometimes that's that's not, yeah, it's not what everyone else signed up for. That's not the game everyone wanted to play. They've just been kind of forced into it. And now they're not coming in fresh when the actual main game starts. And sometimes now guess what? The late person has shown up, but you have another 15 minutes of this game. You need to wrap up. So again, like you're just wasting time. Yeah. Um, So I think just like being on time as a guest is a big thing. And then as a guest also paying attention to the rules this happens before the game um you know if you're showing up you've committed to learning to play a game maybe it's a specific game fine maybe it's not but if it's the game that has been decided is the one we're going to play you're going to learn it because you not paying attention to the rules is again going to affect everybody's experience and that can get very frustrating um so an example of this that i have is um I have a friend who hosts nights playing um, Blood on the Clock Tower, which is like a big social deduction party game that has like, you know, a dozen or more people in it. And it's one of those things like One Night Werewolf or Resistance or Mafia where everyone has an assigned role, but it's a little bit more involved. And so that initial night when everyone has their eyes closed can take, you know, over five minutes. And there was one time that we played and this one girl showed up And it was her first time ever getting invited. And she was just, you know, she'd had too much to drink. She was really giggly, really silly, wasn't paying attention, like wasn't even trying. She kept opening her eyes in the middle of the night so then she could see everyone else's rules. So we all had to start over again. And I kid you not, at one point, we played like three games that night, but between the first and second games, there was a 45-minute gap. Just because it took that long to get everybody, like, to stop chit-chatting, to not open their eyes and like mess up the game and force us to restart again, people getting up to go to the bathroom and get snacks and all like it's really tough when you have a group that size.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: And so I think that like be be generous to your host and to everyone else in the room yeah. that it's not fair to everyone else. And I understand that maybe you're having a lovely side conversation with the person next to you, or you think something's really funny. Or you want to go get more chips, or whatever it is, or you want to go use the bathroom. But like, just be mindful. Maybe you can wait five minutes, and just yeah. let's help streamline this for yeah. everybody. Well, and um,
1: and and I feel like once the game is underway, there's a mm-hmm. little more room for that kind of stuff. But for it to go on like during the explanation, that does kind of yes. sidetrack a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of surprising. I think sometimes how people kind of revert to elementary school practices (laughs) remember like an elementary school where like the teacher would have to spend like five minutes getting everybody to like stop talking or to stand up in a line things like that and like wouldn't let you out to recess until everybody stopped talking and there'd always be one kid that just couldn't stop giggling in the back right like it's you'd be surprised how even adults seem to revert to that sometimes
1: i will say Um, i feel like that kind of thing happens more in larger groups I feel yes, like usually, yes. if especially you're in when alcohol is yeah, exactly. If you're at three or four, that's probably less of a thing. Um, the mm-hmm. other thing is like if you are in a group that size, like it may pay off to like kind of just plan ahead that that might be a possibility and just plan yep. accordingly and maybe do a party game that doesn't have as complicated of rules.
0: Yeah. Um. And the thing with that as well is like my, my friend who hosts these blood on the clock tower nights this might be <laughs> uh, spilling the secrets a little bit but he actually has a spreadsheet of people who've been invited to these and <laughs> this might sound kind really? of creepy but like i guess because he somehow just knows so many people because he's just yeah. super extroverted and has people from like all different walks of life that you know like school friends work right. friends like Sports friends, swing dancing friends, like all these different groups, and they just come together when he has these events they're like, but some people don't get invited back. It's not like, oh, I don't like you, no, there's no time for us to ever hang out, but it's like you weren't a good fit for this activity, so like you know, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not for you, and that's fine too, like don't invite someone who's gonna hate Arc Nova to come play Arc Nova. same thing applies, yeah, but I think it's just once you are invited and you show up, you know. I think you have a responsibility and you're right that this becomes less of an issue during the game, but there are still certain things in this pay attention, respect the people category that I think do show up.
1: Yeah, Um, Turn length. Is that what you're getting at?
0: That's one of them. There are three different things. I think the first one is, and it kind of, it kind of follows along from, you know, paying attention to the rules teach um, is like, you know, it's fine to ask questions, but just take initiative on actually like learning things and processing how things are going. I think one of them is like turn length. So two of the three of these really do have to do it turns. The turn length thing, um, again, this kind of goes into what you were saying about know your group in that, you know what, like there's a time and place for everything. And the way I like to think about this is like, yes, obviously some people click with certain things more quickly and just go more snappy and some people take longer and like like to really think about all the different option and process all the different trade-offs and that's fine because you know a lot of the time that is part of the game it's right. a strategy game and thinking and planning a few turns ahead is the point right um, but at the same time I think part of that strategy when you're thinking about what you're doing on your turn is one of the things that you're weighing isn't just what are my trade-offs in game it's also what are my trade-offs in the real world Mm. because the way I like to think about this is a successful game night isn't about who wins the game it's about did everyone have fun and so if you're hosting your successful game night is you you know went and spent you know let's say $60 on a new game and you're really excited. You want to play it. You just taught your friends to play it. But you did a really bad job teaching it. It took really long. And everyone was in a bad mood and just kind of tired of it at the end. Guess what? No one wants to play that game ever again. Maybe you won. But who cares? You know? Yeah. Um, on the learning side, same thing. Like, if you're, ho- if you know, you're hosting do a good job explaining. And just, like, completely, you know railroaded yeah. everybody then it's a lose-lose for everyone right so what you want to do is just like as you're playing a game be mindful of like am i having fun is everyone else having fun is this like a good experience yes and like factoring that into how you take your turns and just generally how you behave around the table so like the turn length is one thing the other thing that bothers me way more is when it's off, because the turn length thing, as I said, sometimes can be a product of someone actually maybe paying too much attention yes. and like taking it too seriously. The thing that I think is way worse is when it's obvious that someone is not paying attention. And this most often comes up in the, whose turn is it again? Oh, it's my turn? That. And like, you know, that happens from time to time, happens to everybody. That's fine. That's normal. But when it's something where like it's the same person, and it's every turn, Yeah, that's just like a big red flag to me, and it gets on my nerves because I'm like, okay, that tells me that you're checked out. You're not paying attention um, to the game because if you think, and you also like, you're therefore not playing it properly because if you think that you can just do what you want to do on your turn and what everyone else does doesn't matter, then you're not getting the game most of the time. Yeah. There is gonna I mean be some yeah. degree of player interaction in pretty Mo- much any game. Most games yeah. have at least some. Yeah, and also like you're kind of telling everyone around the table I don't care about what you're doing. Like you know, which is not it's not like the kind of vibe you want to give off when you're engaging in a social activity. Um and then again like also it just does it just slows down the whole process because if you were paying attention even if you're not focusing a ton on what other people are doing on their turn, you could be using that time to think about your next turn. Right. If you're not paying attention, then now it's your turn. You've done no pre-thinking. So now everyone has to sit and wait for you to think about your next turn. Right. Which you could have done when everyone else was doing their thing. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's just like taking other people's time and attention. Right. For granted. And then yeah. just the final one. Well, that kind of. Well, go Go ahead.
1: Well, just one thing I wanted to add on that is sometimes it it becomes even more of an issue in certain games where you know you're getting things on other players' turns. I'm thinking of a game mm-hmm. like Earth.
0: Earth, yeah. Where, you cannot get a, you cannot get away with that in a game like Earth. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, Wingspan has some of this too, where it's like mm-hmm. you know Words. if what well, where you know it, you know it's a these are complicated games so if once in a while you like forget to like grab a grab a card or something when when you're supposed yeah. to be able to that's totally fine but like if you're like like habitually during the game not paying attention like mm-hmm. you're putting yourself I mean it's impacting the experience for everyone it's also like making your experience less good because you're you know you're you're not you know, ha- like putting yourself in the best position to do well, whether or not you win. But
0: yeah, so it's not—it's not like a good quality game experience, right? But you're like, also
1: putting everyone in a position where it's like, oh, I was supposed to do this three turns ago, and I forgot. It's like, you, like yeah, that once, at that point I like say once I say no, may- once maybe, yeah. but if it's like a recurring thing it just kind of gets a little bit my
0: my general policy on that is like and we'll come to this when we talk about um your second point yeah but my general policy on that is i'm totally okay particularly with um first time players but most of the time anyway definitely i'm okay with with letting people i'm okay with letting people like change something or like pick up something they forgot to get from a previous turn as even if like other people have gone as long as it wouldn't affect things that have happened since. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Like I think giving people grace for that is fine, but yeah. where I draw the line is like, Oh, it's now affecting the actual game. And like other people now would have to undo their turns as well that they've done after you so that you can go back and do something else. And the reason we're letting you do that isn't because it's your first time playing, or you know a real genuine mistake but because you weren't paying attention and now everybody has to pay the price right and even though they did what they were supposed to do because they're paying attention now we have to go back in time so we wasted time and also those people could have been rewarded in terms of the game in terms of getting points for paying attention but now you're getting a second chance when you weren't paying attention you know what i mean so like yeah um the final thing with the paying attention, like respecting people is just, I mean, this is just like good practice is I think when you are with a group of people in person, um, be there in person with be them, present and like, yeah, present right. in the activity. And so like this comes up in different ways. A big one is, you know, the phone at the table, um, like constantly checking it. Another one is. You know, people having little side conversations, joking around and like getting into whole different conversations about other things at the table. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, like we're socializing fine. But like, again, using the movie night analogy, you wouldn't talk about work or I don't know, your stupid roommate or whatever else during a movie. Mm -hmm. So don't do it during the game. We can talk about before. We can talk about it after. We can go and get lunch. Yeah. Before the game, we can go and get dinner after the game. That's all fine, just time and place.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. It's yeah, I feel like it's it's more akin to like going to see a play or watching a movie mm-hmm. than than it is to like casually going, going yeah. or casually going to a baseball game and like not paying attention to what's going on on the field cuz you're there more to talk with friends.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is an active thing. I think that, you know, so much of like modern life is we're trained to just have this expectation that we can do multiple things at the same time and that we (laughs) should be, and that like, you know, we should be talking to people on our phones at the same time as we're in a room with our friends and also checking out work emails. And I think part of what I love about this hobby is it's an opportunity to just like sit in a social setting with a small group of people and focus on something analog yeah. it has nothing to do with you know technology and the outside world and all the other things of everyday life and it's a nice little break from that while like using your brain a little bit and having fun yeah um well so i think that part of being like a good participant in a game night or a game session is committing to that principle
1: yeah well and just yeah. like the it, it's a cool kind of like community experience because it's like at the end of the day, it's just rules and cardboard usually, but yeah. But like yeah, just the like when everyone is bought in, it 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 can be a really yeah
0: escapist, immersive experience. A yeah. very
1: immersive experience, for sure. Um yep. So speaking of immersion and speaking mm-hmm. of like introducing people to new things i wanted to use this as a segue to go into my second point and if that's Perfect. if that's okay with you um yep. my second point was just teaching new games with emotional intelligence it's mm-hmm. more than just um it's more than just teaching the rules and, I mean, teaching the rules, as you said, is an important baseline, and you do need that. And, I I mean, I would even say that, like, the social awareness element of it comes into play from familiarity with the rules. That's kind of the baseline. Because, like, like you said, you do want to, when you're teaching a new game to others, you, you're kind of taking the onus on yourself to know the rules pretty well Mm -hmm. and so that you're not having to stop in the middle and i will say i think there's with complex games i think there's a little room for grace here at least that's kind of the mentality i take if i think you should but i think at a baseline you should be able to explain the main purpose of the game how scoring works how many rounds there are, and how individual turns work without looking at the rule book. Mm -hmm. You should be able to give that rundown. And I think just a social cue on the part of those that are listening, you've mentioned the paying attention thing, and that's common sense. But another thing I would add is show... A bit of trust in the person who's explaining the game. And it's fine to have questions, but maybe, maybe wait a moment or two yep. before you ask them. Because in that overview of those things I described main purpose of the game, the way scoring works, the way turns work there's a good chance many of those, like, more basic questions are going to get answered and if i mean especially with complex games if things bear repeating that's totally fine but i think sometimes especially if there's a bigger group of people and i have seen these kinds of things get derailed a little bit by like mm-hmm. people asking questions and peppering with constant questions, things that probably would have come up in the ordinary course of explaining anyway.
0: Yes. Because usually it's the next step. Yeah. And you're just thinking ahead. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, But on the other yeah, hand, I, I don't want to discourage ahead. it too much because it does show engagement. So I think there's a, there's a balance there. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah.
0: just set the terms of, you know, maybe save questions for the end or like, yeah. As the person explaining the rules, just, you take the initiative and be exactly.
1: like, you know, I, I because I know the point. rules,
0: I know that this is a good point to pause and like check to see if there are questions.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great way to do it because then, then it also cues to people, Oh, they're going to be pauses. This isn't going to be like a 20 minute lecture on how this game works. There are going to be pauses every couple minutes where we can ask clarifying follow. Right. Um, um,
0: the other thing about, emotional intelligence that I just wanted to touch on because we talked about it briefly with um how you deal with people who you know want to make changes to what they did on a previous turn or undo something. I think that generally, as I said, my approach to that is it's fine as long as it, you know, wouldn't affect other things that have happened since. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, fine with the rules. I think that be nice, give people a little bit of grace. And that's not just for first time players. Like we all forget little details in complex games sometimes. That's fine. And again, you don't want like, what's the point in pissing somebody off just to like be on your high horse? And then they're like, cool. Well, congrats, like you won, but you were kind of mean about it. So like, did you really win or fine? You won, but it wasn't fun playing with you. So we're never going to play your favorite game again. Ha ha.
1: Who
0: really wins in that situation?
1: No, it's, you know? it's but at the same point. time.
0: Yeah, but at the same time like as I said there are limits to that where you don't want to get to the point of rewarding people for yeah. not participating or like
1: for not, actively not being paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, for what actively
0: mean, like, like diminishing the quality of the experience for everyone around the table.
1: Yeah. I don't have too much more to add on this um teaching games, you know, with like social dexterity but a a few points to add on here one is i think there's i mean you're gonna you're gonna this is kind of a case-by-case thing you're gonna know the people that are there participating better than most you're gonna have a sense of what kind of games they like what kind of games they don't like probably and if not you can ask Because, you know, there are some folks that are, like, very into cooperative games and don't love a game like Oceans, where it's, like, constant, like, (laughs) like...
0: Take that meanness.
1: Yeah, like, exactly. that, That constant, like, thwarting going on. And, you know, some games it's a balance between the two. But, I mean think about it in terms of what what game you're picking, but then also during the game as you're teaching, well, yes, as you're teaching, you know, practice turns at the start can be helpful. um, Mm -hmm. As long as you're clear, whether this is like we're starting and then we're going to continue, or this is just practice dry run, and then we'll start with a clean slate. Um, the final thing i'll say here is different people are more or less open to feedback and critiques on how well they're playing especially if it's their first or second time some some people i think are like external processors very like collaborative and they're like oh what do you think i should do here and like in those situations i think It goes without saying, like, give them the advice that you would want if you were in their position and like put them in the in the best position to put their best foot forward playing. Nobody wants to be like playing a game where like, you know, somebody gives them advice that, you know, holds them back from being their best just so the person who's more experienced with the game can win. That's not fun for anybody. Um but at the same time you know some folks are hmm i don't know maybe a little bit more protective or just more wanting to like branch out on their own and figure things out on their own and if someone's not soliciting feedback i'd be like maybe a little bit more cautious like nobody likes to just have it pointed out once their turns over oh you know you really could have done this and it would have been way better for you like that kind of thing yeah like
0: i mean i know some people who are okay with that um like the first time playing it yeah especially if like you know they've already like indicated that you know this is a little bit more complex than they're used to and that they're open to feedback but what i'd say is and this is part of like the emotional intelligence of it if you're going to point that out to someone then you better be ready to let them like point it out to you
1: Oh, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If sure. it,
0: like, what I don't like is you can't just be like, oh, well, did you know that you actually should have done this on your turn? Because what you just did got you two points, but if you did this, you'd have gotten 10 points. And then they're like, oh, well, can I do that instead? No. No. That Like, if you're yeah, going to point it out like silly. that, then if, it, you're, go- if you're going you to point it out, you have to, out, you the, have to yeah. yes. You have to be doing Agreed. it like, in the spirit of wanting to help. Yeah. Genuinely help. And then that means that you're okay with them actually understanding why you said that yes. and being like oh yes like you're right i didn't see that thank you for your help right i'm gonna do that instead
1: because then it's like a genuine learning experience and not just exactly a petty and like you're like, and
0: like you're letting right. them remain competitive in the game whereas the, yeah the alternative is you're just like poking holes at them constantly making them feel stupid but then right. telling them like no you have to lose you must lose
1: and that just doesn't seem fun yeah no definitely not
0: um but
1: yeah yeah. and then i i mean so a couple one thing that you have said to me before that i think is pretty wise is like in these situations sometimes using your yourself as the as the model and talking through why you're doing things the way you are can be Mm -hmm. helpful for new players in a more like tactful way too yeah because then that way like
0: and it works it's not even just being like oh see this awesome turn i had like this is why this worked like that's fine you can teach that way but also when you make mistakes or things don't go well for you yeah pointing that out as well so that you don't make a new player feel like oh the only reason that your game isn't going well is because you're new and you don't know what you're doing you want to show that like you know what sometimes things are not optimal even for someone who knows the game well and that's okay yeah. like right you're still you're still invited you're still doing fine you're not stupid you're not like missing the joke you're you're doing just fine well and And everybody is like having the mm -hmm. same tension to deal with
1: well and in certain games the margin for error between like a really good game and a really bad game is pretty thin and i think it can be helpful to acknowledge that too and just be like you know you know sometimes there is a little bit of luck in a lot of games where you have a good starting hand at the start, it sets you up really well, and the game goes smoothly, and then other times you're, you feel like you're just kind of spinning your wheels for the first couple turns before you get on track. So I think acknowledging all of that is is fair game too.
0: Absolutely. Cool. So I'm going to give my second point now. Mm -hmm. and so my first point was the way i framed it was um respecting the people my second point i want to frame as respecting the game and i mean that in like the literal sense of like the physical pieces of the game and like the physical space you're in yeah um again like this should be should be basic basic you know social etiquette for you know when you're using other people's things or in someone else's home or in someone else's space or borrowing other people's belongings. Right. Treat it like, like better than if it was your own, you know? And I have seen it happen where like people have just like been so inconsiderate about something that they don't own. You know, and so I'm thinking like I have some games that, you know, are like older. Some of my first games that I have, like my copy of Resistance Avalon or Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, that tended to be played like very heavily played way back when, you know, they would be played more as like part of like a pregame while everyone is like drinking and we're going to go out after the game. And, you know, I I used to have in college, this like deck of stupid never have I ever cards that were all like eventually covered in like sticky pink spilled wine, Mm -hmm. you know, and like some of the cards like stuck together and like peeling off and all of that. Mm -hmm. And for a game like, you know, a deck of never have I ever cards like fine. That is what it is. But best believe that I don't want red wine spills on my wingspan nesting box. Yeah. You know, or like. I don't want pieces missing or, like, cards bent. Like, my Resistance Avalon cards, some of them are bent because, like, people would shove them down between the couch cushions to hide their secret rolls or, like, sit on them, toss them across the room. Right. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not about that. Right. And it really bothers me when people seem to just like not take it seriously because like as you said like to some extent yes these are just you know bits of cardboard and paper but like it's not because at the end of the day it's something that you spent money on um it belongs to you sometimes it has sentimental value or it could be you know a kickstarter edition or some kind of limited edition maybe you paid to custom upgrade some of the components like you know metal coins or something like that and right. even if to someone else it's just cardboard and paper, it's not theirs, it's yours, and they should treat it with the respect that you treat it with.
1: I think and a, so. Yeah. I think a good rule of thumb here is because I think some people think of it, maybe, especially maybe if they don't play games as much, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a game, it's low stakes. But I think uh, I find a good way to think about it is like, Use the same level of care that you would if you were borrowing a book from a friend.
0: Exactly. Because, hey, a book is cardboard and paper, same thing. Yeah. But it's but it's not,
1: you know? Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, and just like specifically the ways that this kind of shows up, as I said, like, you know, spilling things. I think as a host and as a guest, I think be mindful of the snacks that you're bringing to a gaming session. Like you don't want stuff that's, you know, cheesy fingers or like sticky or you know dipping sauces that can fall off of chips onto a board um i personally don't like drinks on the table while we're playing i think yeah. you know like especially if it's alcohol but even anything like i've had some close calls with a couple of my games like citadels and raiders of the north sea raiders of the north sea in particular i was mortified because it came within an inch of it and that's one of those games again where like i've bought all the expansions and like you know the collector's box and so to replace that that's over a hundred dollars to like replace the whole thing yeah um you know and i just don't think it's necessary so i think if you're a host maybe like Lay down those rules, maybe put, have alternative surface for people to put drinks on, whether it's on the ground next to the table or on a little side table or on a shelf. Yeah, those are good options. Have um, game friendly snacks. So some good suggestions are popcorn, um, you know, like potato chips that aren't covered in cheese or like barbecue salt or whatever else. Right. Um, pretzels, things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing here is, you know, you I think you're very good at taking precautions. Like like you sleeve a lot of your cards yes. for games and that, that helps with this too.
0: Yes, it does. But you know, it can only do so much. Yeah. 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 Um but like and then like the other thing that might be less obvious, but it does happen, is like some people are clumsy or you know, and like drop things on the ground whether it's cards or little pieces especially little like resources and stuff
1: yeah um little meeples.
0: i've yeah i've had situations where like days or weeks later i found like an everdell occupied token on the rug or like a cascadia animal and i just kind of was like oh my god this could have so easily been vacuumed away Right. What am I? What am I missing that has been vacuumed away? You know. And again, like those are small little things that individually don't cost anything, but to replace it, it affects the whole game. If you're yeah. missing some of those things, right? And especially for like upgraded components, it's really not nice. Um, to be like you know, dropping things on the ground, yeah. spilling things. Yeah, it just yeah. It like, bothers me. So occasion- respect the, the game. Yeah,
1: and the occasional drop happens, but just like pick it up right away. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah, another one I've seen is just people like bending, you know, some games will come yeah. with like little reference sheets. Um like a cool like a like a little mini version of the rule book that you can pass around different players. Like I've seen people like bending them, putting their elbows on it when it's like halfway off the table so it creases. Yeah. Um, using it as a fan, rolling it up. I'm like don't do it. Just Yeah not nice. Don't do it. Like again, as you said, you wouldn't do that to your friend's book, so don't do it to anything else. Yeah. Including games. Yeah. Cool. So that's it for my second point, respecting the game. Yeah. Um so I think what we both kind of noticed in planning this was that a lot of this seemed to be a bit like negative heavy.
1: On it, the front it, end it, it felt a it's little a lot bit of, like the the 10 commandments of Game yeah like, don't, do this. <laughs> don't do this don't do this don't do
0: this so what we kind of wanted to do is like have the third point kind of be um more positively framed yes so um yeah
1: let's kick it off so for my last point it was be open to new experiences both Mm -hmm. as a host and as a guest of game nights and like be willing to be at on both ends of that like interaction it you know there's a fair bit of behind the scenes investment in hosting a game night in terms of like the logistics of you know, inviting the right number of people, but more importantly, like if it's a new game and it's a complicated game that takes maybe a couple hours to play, it might take a fair bit of legwork if you yourself haven't played it before to understand how it works before you're ready to teach it. And so I think it's, I mean, I'm very appreciative to you. Like, I feel like you have boiling down the rules of games down to a science, but I, recognize too that it's a a big lift sometimes for these complicated games so i think it's it's nice especially if you have like a regular group of people that you're often playing with to Mm -hmm. switch up who's introducing and teaching the new game so that you know that that um like brain work behind the scenes is shared yes and I agree it, with that. And it and it lets you also like you know, everybody kind of has their own types of games that they feel a special affinity to. But like if you have different people like introducing games at different times, you're gonna get a richer cross section of board games to the table than if one person is always doing the teaching.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, like, on the guest side as well, don't be afraid to, you know, branch out. I know that a lot of people, when they think, oh, we're going to go play some board games, they might be thinking Catan, um, Cards Against Humanity, Ticket to Ride, Monopoly. You know, and, like, whether or not you have positive or negative feelings about any or all of those games, that's, you know, an individual thing. But just be open to, like, Trying new things that you haven't seen, yeah. or like removing your preconceptions about what a game day can look like, um, because those are the games you're familiar with, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like there's
0: a lot out there, and I think that I'm one of those people who like believes, yeah, there's a game for everybody, and so like when someone, even if you say, oh, I hate board games, if the games that you're thinking of are the games you played as a kid, where it was you know everyone was always very competitive and fighting over stuff, then yeah. Maybe or, you know, or if it was a game that never yeah. ended.
1: Like, like risk, risk or Monopoly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Then you know, maybe someone will put Cascadia in front of you and it's forty five minutes and there's zero conflict at all. That's a totally different experience. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um exactly. Cool.
1: How about so, you? What's your third point?
0: Mine is kind of related. Um, so it's about good sportsmanship. Um so again, that can take many forms, and it's kind of been covered in different ways throughout our discussion. Um, yeah. Being open-minded, respecting people, respecting the place. But I think also just the overall like mood and vibe that you bring to the table, literally. Um, because the same way that the host wins in terms of having a successful game night by having everyone want to you know, play that game again, um as a guest your version of that your version of winning is you get invited to the next game night you know because you were a positive addition to the group yeah and so just you know think about that when you think about like how you want to interact with the people with the space with the game um in its most extreme form this can be just like you know you think it would go without saying don't cheat Things like that. Right. Don't cheat and don't yeah, accuse exactly. other people of cheating. Um, yeah, you think that's basic, and but I've seen it done, um, and people notice. Like you're probably not fooling people. Um, yeah,
1: it's it just it takes all the fun out of it.
0: Yeah, and then I think just like giving people grace and patience and just assuming good intentions is always a good idea. Like especially idea. if you know you're the you're the host and someone's taken a little bit long to like grasp the rules maybe explain that thing one more time Mm -hmm. if you're a guest and you didn't understand something uh, maybe don't go to the host or the person who did the rules explanation and say well oh well you never said that if I had known that I would have done this and I've definitely gotten that a few times I'm like you know what sometimes you're right maybe I did miss something but guess what I just tried to distill 25 pages to you in 10 minutes Mm -hmm. so my bad you know from that point on you have just as much access to the rulebook as i do you can take a look if you had questions right um you know and like don't don't put other people down don't like brag don't you know dismiss the game or say it's stupid or something when like you really haven't even given it a full try yet um yeah and just just have fun because at the end of the day that's what this is all about you want to come away from this experience just being like you know what. Everyone who participated in this game showed up. They were present, not just physically, but also like, you know, in the activity. Everyone had fun. It was an exciting experience and was fulfilling whether you won or lost. Right. The host feels like I'm so happy that I, you know, spent money and bought this game or that I brought it and my friends enjoyed it so we can play it again and the guests feel like wow i just experienced something new or i got to play my favorite game that i haven't played in a few weeks and i can't wait for the next one yeah and you know and also everyone has some good snacks and drinks yeah. that were you know safely <laughs> administered throughout the night and yeah. no missing pieces were found and no one felt put down or anything and yeah everyone's yeah. excited to like come back for the next one. That's a Absolutely. successful game game night.
1: A a couple th- thoughts that come to mind on that cuz I completely agree with you. I think one is in the same way that if someone invites you over to dinner, you would offer to help clear the table after. It's mm-hmm. a nice gesture to help, you know, pick up the components of a game after the game's done um and as far i'm glad you brought up the 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 point because i think in some ways it's the heart of this entire episode just the idea that successful game night is a game night where everyone wants to play that game again Mm -hmm. and
0: yeah that game or be or like if it was a new experience be like i'm open to other new experiences yes yeah exactly
1: and in some ways i think one thing that can take the edge off the competitiveness sometimes is to, instead of thinking about it as like, like a tennis tournament where there's volleys back and forth and like one person wins and one person doesn't, it, it can be helpful to think of it almost as even like a marathon where you're thinking more about like personal bests. Like especially yeah. as you're getting used to a new game, like oh, I only scored, you know, sixty five points the first time I played this, but now I feel like I understand the mechanics a lot better, and the next time I played, I scored eighty five or something. Um, yep, that's a great. I, way to I've really think like about it.
0: I've really taken to that, and like I, this is like kind of going to a different discussion. We could talk about another time, but I've started yeah. logging. Yeah, yeah, my, I've seen all that. my. All of my 2023 games, there's an app that you can sync to, like, your BGG account.
1: Yeah. And
0: I I haven't been, like, putting in my individual scores, but I've been putting in, like, what games I play with whom and on which date. Yeah. And so all it has, is like, who played, who won, who lost, and, like, which games you've played. So basically the data I have from it from the past six months is just, like, what are my most played games? Which are my games that are on my shelf that I haven't played in all of 2023? Maybe that yeah. helps them. You know move up the list. How like what percentage of the games do I play do I win? Stuff like that. Some people take it more seriously and like actually put in the individual points, which if you're you know super into the data, you can do that too. Sure. And some of the like individual game designer apps like the Stonemeyer app
1: and mm-hmm. the Garfield
0: Games app will like do it for you. Cool. But yeah, if you if you're a competitive person, um yeah maybe like find ways to not <laughs> push that too much on other people yeah. and like maybe make it more about comp- competition with yourself or like yeah. make look it look at internally. what other people's highest yeah. yeah or yeah. even like there's some um things on like bgg or other websites where you can put in your scores and they'll put it into like a big database so like i know there's one that's for unmatched. pretty cool yeah where you can like find like the basic like worldwide statistics for like which unmatched characters win the highest percentage of their games yeah or like a lot of game designers will actually use this to figure out like which asymmetric factions are better balanced.
1: Yeah. like smart. a lot
0: of them have it. It's, it's kind of like post publication playtesting data that yeah. they can use for like new additions or expansions, things like that. Definitely. So channel, channel the competitiveness into helping the overall, uh, hobby.
1: <laughs> well, and it reminds me a little bit of Pokemon of all things. Like I feel like in the in the original Pokemon game, you had like psychic Pokemon that were like Mewtwo that were like super (laughs) overpowered and like, it was hard to beat them. And then, you know, later editions they introduced dark Pokemon and like some of these other types that balance things out a little bit more. Yeah. Cool. So
0: I think that, I think that wraps it up. I mean, yeah, we covered our three points each.
1: Sure. And
0: I think we definitely had a good bit of back and forth and kind of diverging along the way which is always good in a discussion episode like this
1: no doubt and you know for folks that are listening and you know hopefully there were a point or two at least that you know made you think about something in a new way but you know even if Mm -hmm. it was just helpful reminders of stuff that it's like you know a lot of it's common sense but like sometimes easy to forget in the heat of the moment um but yeah just hope that it's helpful fodder for Planning your your game nights in the in the near future and making them fulfilling fun experiences for everyone who participates.
0: Yeah. And final thing I'll say is also like you can feel free to absolutely disagree. Because I think absolutely. the most important the most important point is know your group. Yeah. And so there's some people out there who like want their games to get all beaten up because it shows that they're well loved. Yeah. So bring all your messy snacks and toss things around. Fine if that's okay with that group, then that's fine. If you are like a really cutthroat group of people and you really enjoy like betraying each other and stabbing people (laughs) in the back, like that's fine too. Like some people think like
1: class of games where that is a feature, not a bug.
0: Right. And maybe some people take it on like the absolute other extreme and be like, no one is allowed to speak for the (laughs) entire duration of the game. And nobody can take back anything because we're taking this very seriously and we're just going to play like very intense meditative music in the background while we sit and not communicate at all. That's yeah. fine too. Just yeah. know your group. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cool. Um, I'd like to think we're somewhere in the middle and yeah, that most people fall somewhere around this as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun. Um, very fun. Even if we uh, did it a second time, I think that, it still felt very fresh. And I think there are things that we brought up that we didn't cover the first time. Yeah. Um, We
1: did cover some, cover some new ground on, on run through number two. So hope, hope that you all enjoy it and uh, look forward to talking with you all again next week. We'll be back next week for real this time (laughs) for real this time. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.